my friend Colonel Jack Jacobs. Colonel Jacobs, good morning, buddy. How are you? Um, not bad for an old man, and thank you very much for the kind words, sir. It's all true. You're old? I don't get that. Uh, I don't get that feeling when I talk to you. I mean, you've got a, a lifetime of experience, and you served in Vietnam, but you sound and uh, you, you go about uh, your business as a young man, and you're great on this show. So I know you don't like to talk politics. You get very uncomfortable. You know I love Trump, but I don't dislike Biden. I despise Biden. But one thing you can't argue, you can blame it on somebody, you can replace the blame, do everyone. One thing you can't argue, what's happening around the world right now, and you and I will talk specifically about the Middle East next. This was not happening, Colonel, three, four years ago when Donald Trump was president. You want to tell me what the hell has happened? Well, we've decided and have for a long time that we were going to respond to threats around the world uh, in an unaggressive way. And this is not a recent phenomenon. Uh, if you go all the way back to the period of time just before the Second World War, for example, uh, we were not interested in getting involved. By the time we got into the war, by the time we were attacked, the war in Europe had already been going on for two and a half years. The war in Asia had been going on for over a decade. People were getting slaughtered on two continents and we decided we were not going to get involved. Uh, that turned out to be the worst thing in the world. To do. But by the way, to your point, that's why I get so crazy when people try to sell me FDR. You're exactly right. These It went on for two and a half years. He knew for a fact, for a fact, that Jews were getting slaughtered. He turned around ships with Jews on the ships trying to escape. So to your point, I don't want to hear about FDR. He was a disaster. Right. Now, so it, it, but this country has a long history and tradition of being as isolationist as possible. And that works for a while, and it works until it doesn't work. And now is one of the times when it doesn't work. It doesn't matter who is in the White House. We try really hard to stay out of other people's business, and it never works out very well for us. In the end, we wind up getting kicked in the teeth, which is why I would argue – that responses to provocations in the Gulf, for example, uh, on shipping, on American ships and allied ships uh, by terrorists, uh, we try to avoid it and we respond in a piecemeal fashion, and that doesn't make an impression on people. Uh, it, if you want a, a real criticism of how we've conducted ourselves, uh, it, it would come from me. I think we've been We've been too reluctant to respond to provocations and attacks, and that not only has to change, but it is likely to change. Sid. Let me ask you about Iran, and let's take Trump-Biden politics out of it. Well, maybe not, because Biden, dating back to his days with Obama, and now this administration, his own, that's two consecutive administrations in and around Trump, been in bed with Iran, bottom line. Right? I mean, billions of dollars, hostage swaps, loosening sanctions, which enabled Iran to all of a sudden, from a country that their throats are being stepped on by Trump, they were making money. They made a ton of money on oil, and they funded Hamas. And now they're, they're funding the, the Houthis in Yemen. And now they're, they're getting bombed by Pakistan. I mean, they become the real deal. You know, Jack, we allowed that to happen. They're getting about, you know, waiting to respond how did we allow this country, Iran, all of a sudden to become a player again? 
well, this is another American uh, problem. We have a tendency to have a policy of hope. Uh, we hope bad guys are going to become good guys uh, if we ignore them long enough. And, of course, that doesn't work either. And that's what's driven all this. Um, it's driven, among other things, Iran not only to fund Houthis, to fund Hamas, but to also fund Hezbollah, which is the biggest threat uh, in the region except for Iran itself. And they're using proxies to attack our uh, interests, the interests of our allies, and the interests of unaligned people who are just trying to go about their business. This will continue as long as we don't get serious about what Iran is up to and find ways to ensure that they can't fund people like Hamas and Hezbollah uh, and Houthi. If we don't do that, we're not going to like the outcome. Agreed. And we just did that with Donald Trump years ago. He stepped his, his foot was on their throats. They had no money. They did nothing. They did nothing. They had no money. Now they're running wild. I mean, last week alone, you know this, Jack. They had attacks in Syria, Iraq, Pakistan. Now, Pakistan actually responded. That surprised me. Uh, this morning, early this morning, they actually responded. But they've got, I mean, you talk about a set of baitsum. They're going after everybody. And until something is done, which may require going above and beyond financial pressure, I don't know how you stop it. I mean, would you consider, and again, I know you're a guy of peace. You don't want to go to war. But would you consider, Colonel Jack, decorated serviceman, would you consider some type of military interaction with Iran? Well, I think you can guarantee that there are plans to do exactly that. You know, each of the combatant commanders has to, by law, produce operations plans to respond to all kinds of provocations and threats in their region. And for Central Command, uh, this is no different. And they have to be submitted to the Joint Chiefs of Staff each year and certify that each of the plans uh, it will work and that they test them out in, in uh, uh, command post exercises and so on. These include plans to do the most outrageous things you can possibly think of, but we have to have plans for them. So we have plans to counter an attack by Russia, for example, on Western Europe, an attack by China on Taiwan or other interests in the region, and also to respond to, uh, uh, to attack Iran. We have plans to do absolutely everything you can think of and a lot of things you can't think of, uh, and it, that includes uh, attacking Iran. So we have plans for that. The question is, under what circumstances will we enact those plans? That's a political decision, Said. Well, does that involve something happening here? I mean, I know that we pretend to care, and some of us do, about what happens in Israel and these other Middle Eastern countries around the world, but is it fair to assume until something happens here, or, or, or maybe not? Maybe this administration does something without that. What do you think? Well, it, it, it's going to depend on what Iran does. Iran is working really hard to use proxies, as we discussed, because they do not want to get involved in a shooting war with the United States because they will lose abjectly. So they're working. That's why they use all these proxies, and they don't do things directly. They probably made a big mistake uh, with Pakistan because Pakistan, among other things, has nuclear weapons. And as far as we know, Iran so far does not. They're working really hard to develop them. It's one of the things we have not done a very good job of thwarting. 
And ultimately, if we don't thwart it, they will have nuclear weapons. But they maybe took a tiger by the grab a tiger by the tail in in in, uh, in Pakistan because Pakistan probably has no compunction whatsoever to counterattack if it needs to. Uh, Pakistan's got a lot of internal problems, and and uh, and it's important for the for the politics inside Pakistan to make sure that they look strong. If they don't look strong, if they don't respond properly, then they do have bigger internal problems. So uh, Iran would like to have other guys fight their battles and probably made a mistake fighting it themselves with Pakistan. Decorated uh, Colonel Jack Jacobs, Vietnam veteran, uh, he knows his stuff. You look at that trio right now of China, who sits by and loves every second of this, you know that, Russia and Iran, that trio, the three of them, is that about as dangerous of a trio as you've seen, Jack, in many years? Yeah, it is, actually. Now, you, you mentioned China and Russia. China and Russia are playing a long game. Uh, you're absolutely right when you say this. China's sitting there watching this and, and loving every minute of it. Yeah. The longer The longer this goes on, these difficulties go on, the more it saps the strength of the West and the United States in particular, which is exactly what Russia and China want. Uh, that's why that's why they, they're all trying to avoid precipitous action because they would just like to see the West sapped by these threats. And the longer it goes on, the more they like it. But you're absolutely right. That's, that's an unholy trio if I ever saw one. I mean, seriously, Colonel Jack Jacobs.